so Eric, I I think to give our our show a little pizzazz, I think we should like kind of have similar music motifs that like Wonka has. They they got the constant like do 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 do. You can't sing that. Wait, why this not? Will get taken off Spotify for copyrighted music. Oh, but damn. So what people should do is they should just pause this episode that like just started, uh, mm. and then go listen to the song "Pure Imagination," and then come back to the episode. It'll be like you never left. But yeah, do that and uh, put it in at your own spots. It's it's like kind of do your own editing, you guys, see dear listeners. But yeah, I, I think that'd be something. Yeah. Say my name. Lady Gaga. <laughs> What? So um, today on uh, the show, we have our very first guest. Hi. Yeah, guys. Uh, we'd like to introduce M. She's a longtime chocolate eater and first time chocolate maker. That's me. Hi. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen all three of the Wonka films at this point. So that kind of makes me a collector um a chocolatier myself um but yeah i'm super excited to talk about uh the picture we just watched well we're we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get m's first impressions of the movie in just a second but first uh we wanted to just issue a disclaimer to our audience uh folks when you hear us asking each other what we thought of the movie what we thought about certain things this is real uncut the first time that we are hearing each other's reactions to the movie uh we do not talk about it before we start rolling. We do not talk about it when we leave the theater. Oh yeah, the car ride home is like brutal. Sometimes we just we just itching to say something. And we're stuck in that rush hour traffic, but we want to save it all for the pod, leave it all on the floor. But you know, sometimes when you're leaving the movie, like you want to just you want to talk about a movie mm-hmm, when you're leaving mm-hmm. a movie. It's only natural. So we just pick different movies to talk about. Yeah. So last night. Uh, Carlin and I, after our first viewing of Wonka, we just talked about how to blow up a pipeline instead. Carlin, what do you think of how to blow up a pipeline? Oh man, I I really loved it. You know, it's one of I think one of my favorite movies of the year. It's it's in my tops. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good movie, but mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about how to blow up a pipeline no. today. Today we're going to talk about a different anti-capitalist heist movie, Wonka. So, and why don't you give us your first impressions of Wonka? Okay, first impressions of Wonka. Um. Wow, this movie really sparkles. You know, I got to be honest, um, I did not have high hopes going into this picture, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, now, to to steal a phrase from my good buddy Eric um, from his review of Saltburn a couple weeks ago, you know, Timothy Chalamet really making me giggle and kick my feet. He's very charming. Um, I don't think that the movie succeeds without his particular um, sparkle, but yeah, um, no, overall, I thought it was perfectly watchable. I don't know if it was seven times watchable for me personally, but, you know, I'm not on the same road that you guys are on. So I salute you for that. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny we bring up how to blow up a pipeline because there is a is a scene where they're trying to, you know, we talked about this yesterday. They're trying to drown the uh, Wonka noodle and chocolate and there's some pipe works and M whispers over to me like dude I love how to blow up a pipeline you know so there it, it's really it's really all here folks yeah. wow it's hearing that it's like I was right there in the theater with you <laughs> I knew I, I was but I didn't hear it because you got you guys are good whispers so I didn't hear that you didn't take me out of the movie um but no yeah I'm I'm I, I'm glad to see that you um you're thinking so highly of you know timmy's performance i you know we had some words uh for it yesterday and hit me with hit me with some of those words hit me with just like two or three of those words uh gingerbread house glue not gingerbread house 
you can go listen to episode one. But, um, you know, I think watching him again, I, 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 there's a lot of flavor and texture um, in it that I feel like if, if, it, if it wasn't Timmy, like, you know, I think it would just kind of be like... Well, something that um, I don't think Timothy continues with his performance, something that um, both Wilder and Depp kind of incorporated is this, like, darkness. I do not think that um, Chalamet is bringing any of that darkness to this performance. Um, And it kind of makes you wonder, like, what happened to him between Wonka and, um, well, I guess the other two film iterations, like, you know, what what broke this man? What turned him from a child rescuer to a child murderer? Right. Well, this sort of ties into a question that we discussed last night, which is, uh, you know, Noodle is a new character invented for this movie. And so because she's a, a original character, it does not exist in the, the prior films. Um, you know, we don't know what happens in her journey and her story uh, between the events of this movie and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So last night, Carlin theorized that, you know, maybe she goes to live in the library with her mom, just reads a lot of books and grows up and lives a happy life. But I don't know, guys, maybe, you know. So I do actually have a thought about that um, because at one point, you know, Wonka promises Noodle a lifetime supply of chocolate. And then when he gives it to her, it's a pretty small jar. And that had me wondering, like, what does Wonka have in store for this kid? Is she going to be his first victim? Right. Oh, see, I was thinking that she meets an untimely demise and that tragedy sort of sends him down this road towards evil. But you're saying that he actually, he, that, she was his first victim right. rather this than the catalyst. All okay. along. You know, guys, Interesting. Um, this is a good angle to bring up because I feel like Willy Wonka has promised a lot of people a lifetime supply of chocolate. And what does that mean? In this economy where it's like chocolate is more valuable than gold, it's like blood money, you know. And, and you know, you know, Wonka is, you know, he, he's much more giving with his chocolate than the chocolate cartel. But I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing I, I, I was thinking about. Well, I think I think M cracked the code. It's easy to promise a lifetime supply mm. when you don't say how long that lifetime oh, is, you know. OK, yeah. No. Um, um, while we're taught, you know, this transition from Wonka Wonka to Willy Wonka, um, we were talking about yesterday about um Arthur Slugworth and yes. you know where are we gonna move are we gonna move on? is this moving on we're moving on from Timmy we're gonna move on from Timmy because I wanted to oh, I wanted please, to go back to Timmy. Go, ba- go to Timmy. some of my comments from yes, yesterday because you, you sort of had a chance to reflect of course of uh, course with this additional viewing and listening to the the podcast this morning as I was editing uh last night's recording I couldn't help but feel like I came down a little too harsh on Timmy's performance that wasn't my intention I think ultimately my issue is more just with how this version of Wonka becomes the, you know, the Mm -hmm. child murderer, as you put it, from the uh, original movie. But that's not his fault. That's, you know, it's sort of the nature of the story, this, like, coming-of-age story. You know, it doesn't... It's not necessarily a perfect fit for this character. But I I do think that he is quite charming in it. And I wrote down a couple lines that really made me giggle. I think he... um, (laughs) The funniest lines in the movie are kind of the ones where he breaks this facade of the showman. Um, and on the one hand, that like leads to some incongruity with the like Gene Wilder version of the character. But on the other hand, it does have these sort of funny, like classic Timothy Chalamet line deliveries. Like I, I wrote down a couple um, after the first time that the Oompa Loompa steals his candy and he's telling Noodle about it. And he's like, 
I don't know how to tell you this, but they've been stolen. Like, he just seems so pissed off about it. But I think that's, like, one of uh, his best modes as an actor is, like, when he's playing someone who's sort of petulant or upset about something. Like, in Little Women, when he's confessing his love to Joe. And he's like, I gave up billiards, and it's fine, you know, whatever. (laughs) I just think that he's really good at playing that sort of, you know, immaturity in a character. And then he also... um, sometimes like with movie musicals like especially modern ones where they sort of like almost feel embarrassed to be a musical and they kind of like have to break the fourth wall and be cheeky and be self-referential and acknowledge that it's a musical like that kind of stuff annoys me most of the time they don't really do that much here i thought that was kind of like a pleasant surprise it's, it's pretty earnest about being a musical but there are sort of a couple like moments where it drops that musical facade that i thought were really funny um like in the opening scene he's like talking about you know have he's got like you know 10 coins in my pocket or whatever and then he sees like the kid's shoes shining him and he's like i've got what, five six seven what you he's know progressively like, like, getting yeah. poorer throughout <laughs> right the, just like yeah. throughout the moments number. like that or when um during the like a world of our own when the people get they turn on him uh after the chocolate's been poisoned and they're yelling at him and he's like what i didn't I, I didn't poison it just those kinds of moments i think he played really well yeah and, and do you have any favorite uh wonka lines or wonka moments in this so the Wonka moment that really, you know, made me twirl my hair a little bit was um, when he and Noodle are like passing the basket to each other on the tightrope. And there's just like a shot of him through the window. He's just looking very wistful. I don't know. Um, I thought it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, he. This is the kind of movie that I think a kid who is between the ages of like five and eleven maybe would see and just like fall in love with this guy like i've been thinking a lot recently about the movie labyrinth with david bowie and how like that was a lot of um young people's like sexual awakening at that (laughs) time not just because you know wonka is kind of an asexual character but i do think that a lot of young kids will see this movie and see like this very nice way that he rescues this girl from like her shitty life and you know there's that there's that very sweet scene where they're dancing on top of um is it the cathedral the saint benedict's cathedral is that the building um but no i I think that this is gonna be like a prince charming for a generation do you think it's gonna turn into like almost like a onceler tumblr-esque thing no i think we're beyond that a little bit okay i hope we're beyond that good good uh one of my uh new favorite timmy lines in this viewing was bingala Anyway, um, <laughs> that was a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, so anyway, back to um, Arthur Slugworth, yes. pl- played by, of course, the great Patterson Joseph. The great Patterson Joseph. Thank you. Um, I was, I was doing some, you know, I was, I was deep diving into some like Wonka trivia or whatever, and Arthur Scudworth. Slug Slugworth, not to be Scudworth. Wow, spoken like a guy who hasn't seen this movie two times. Oops. Um, Arthur Slugworth. Uh, does make an appearance in the original uh, 71 film. Um, But... But, or does he? He tries to, you know, he's this guy and he's... He's got a bowler hat and, you know, like these these glasses and he's whispering to all the kids who've who've just, you know, won the golden ticket contest. And, um, And at the end of the movie, it's revealed that Oh no, this actually isn't Arthur Slugworth. This is Mr. Wilkinson. Uh, who, by the way, Arthur Slugworth was played by Gunter Meisner, whose um Wikipedia page, the picture is, that's, is that's a, what I say when I sneeze. Um <laughs> Gunter Meisner. 
Gunter Meisner, his Wikipedia page is a picture of a grave. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but he's this this guy. He's got this big scar across his his face. Like, is this, you know. That's what happens when you get ejected from the chocolate cartel. Right. Well, I, I have a theory about yeah, this. Yeah, t- tell me. Tell because me. in the original book and in the Tim Burton goth pervert version oh, yeah. of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it actually is Slugworth okay. who is trying to bribe them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie is not set in the canon of the original book or the Tim Burton movie. It's set in the canon of the Gene Wilder movie. Uh-huh. Oh, that's in the good Gene, to know. In the Gene Wilder movie... Like you said, it's not actually Slugworth bribing them. It's a test by Wonka. He sent an employee to bribe them. Mr. Uh, Wilkinson. And the reason why he was able to just have one of his employees pass off as Slugworth and, and nobody like accused him of identity theft is we now know that uh, in this universe, the real Slugworth was murdered in cold blood by Willy Wonka. <laughs> when he, he pumped him full of uh, like flying oh, chocolates yeah. and sent him off into, into the stratosphere <laughs> so do you think he do you think he um died of asphyxiation when he hit the upper layers of the stratosphere or do you think he died um when the chocolate wore off and he plummeted back to earth yeah i also had a note about that because i didn't think about this during the first viewing but when they start like floating up the first time and he's like who would want the chocolate that makes you fly <laughs> 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 I've been I've been sitting on that one. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, good. But Wonka's like, oh, don't worry. In 20 minutes, uh, the fly will leave through your rear. It's like, oh, we're going to fart it out of our bums. <laughs> See, I wrote down, um, fart them out of our booties. Oh, which sorry, booty. Was- <laughs> uh, yes, I believe it is booty. Um, so uh. the fly doesn't like gracefully lead them back down to earth and then exit through the gift shop. It just like leaves and then they fall, which means they die. But then I guess not because they they are in the rest of the movie and also all the other like civilians who are just gleefully taking this chocolate. They seem cool with it. So I don't know. Maybe the fly takes them in for a soft landing before leaving. Well, see, the police came in with the hooks and after that first scene. So it could also be that they were rescued by the boys in blue. And they had to be strapped down. But, you know, they kind of their evidence is put forth them in front of all the law enforcement. So basically... You know, they, they, they're guilty people now, guilty men. What if the police just then right there decide, okay, capital punishment and just, <laughs> and just let them fly up. Um, also Rowan Atkinson as the, the, the priest of father, the, father Julius, father Julius yes. of the chocoholic monks. Um, you know, he was inside when he had his, um, what do you call them? Hover chalk when he had his, 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 his souped up. Uh, roided up hover chalk um so you know maybe he was fine uh i mean that building did have a tall ceiling so right maybe... but he was in the confessional booth so he's oh, just okay. like bouncing up mm. against that but you know what is what's gonna happen to the church after um you know after the events of wonka because you know there was that abysmal funeral service right you know it, it was delayed there was a draft you know they saw them eating chocolates. Um, well, I, I mean, I got to assume these guys are Catholic. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like the Catholic Church has been through some bigger scandals in the last couple is it, years. Is it so the, I think they're going to be just fine. Is it the Catholic Church or is it the Chocolate Church? That's a good question. A good I didn't think question. about that. The Chocoholics. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Um, we, we have to ask. I, I wish there was some more about the Chocoholics and their religion. But um, it was good. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll pick up on some more info about the chocolate church in our third view and we can bring those hot tips to you tomorrow hey guys chocolate fact ding 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 
This is a new thing I like to call chocolate facts, where I like to talk about chocolate. Uh, guys, chocolate is not compatible with cats or dogs. And um, I want to bring that up specifically because we see a shot. There are some really cute kitties in this movie. There are two very cute kitties yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Argyle, take notes. Get a fucking real cat. But, like, stop uh, with this CGI cat. But uh, one of them is seen licking chocolate. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, if Willy Wonka is aware of this, but that's... No, this, um... this man's got a taste for... I think from a very... You know, we don't know what happened to his mother. He could have gotten a taste from for blood from a very right. young age. Mm. But it's mm. completely plausible to me that um, he is feeding these cats chocolate. Oh. And, as we established last night, a lot of this chocolate isn't really chocolate. Like, he has the silver linings chocolate oh, that's yes. made from, like, clouds and sunshine. Shine. Silver so, Linings Chocolate, which, by the way, is my favorite Jennifer Lawrence movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was yes. good. Inches. Inches. Took it, took it right off the tip of my tongue. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that one's, like, made from, like, you know, sunshine and clouds and stuff. So, like, the hair-growing chocolate that the cat eats might just be made out of, like, hair. Okay. Oh, that's the same cat? Oh, my God. I just put that together. <gasps> oh. I thought there were two different cats. But, um, no, that makes sense if, you know, it had the hairless cat yeah. and then it cuts to the fluffy cat yeah, and it grew it, the hair. It, it, Wait, hair, really? It, it, oh it, the hair growing chocolate. This is the kind of um, wisdom that you acquire after seeing the movie twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I believe that number is um, never had chocolate like this. It's sort of a meta musical number. Because in the middle of the song, he gives people a chocolate that makes them feel like they're in a Broadway musical. So they start doing a different musical number in a different style inside of the song. It's very advanced stuff that Paul King and his collaborators have cooked up here. Oh, yeah. But I think, yeah, this might be my favorite musical number of the thing. And what was weird upon second viewing, I kind of liked a lot of the songs more. Yeah. I agree. Um, they grew on me. I like. I, I wrote down. I have a whole section of like word, like fake words. Um, uh, uh, choc, uh, chocolate, clock a lot, um, prof a lot, choc apocalypse, um, pop, pop a lot. Not. Um, mm, I, I, I wrote this in the dark, so some of my words are, you know, covered over each other. Well, and it's doubly confusing because they're not even real words. Oh so. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but M, Eric, did you guys like? Ha- do you have a favorite number? I was, or- I was gonna ask about this, so I'm glad you brought it up. Oh, good. But M, if you have one off the top of your head. You know, strangely, I did, I did not like any of the songs. I thought oh, that the, really? I thought that the songs were the weakest part of the mm-hmm. movie. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. which, and I don't, I don't hate it for being a musical, right? I just, um. I do think that the songs were a little bit indiscernible from each other. And granted, okay. I don't have a musical background. Sure. So, um, you know, I can't wait till you have someone with a musical background on the show to kind of speak to this a little more. But uh, we were talking actually last night about um, I think we, we, we touched a bit like, yeah, we like the numbers, but the singing itself. And I was specifically talking about like Timmy's singing. I didn't. um. I didn't love it. It just seemed a little... Did you use the word overproduced? Is that what you said? I said it's like very polished. Polished. On a technical level, he sounds very good. And considering this is his first musical that he's done, like it's very impressive. You know, you could sort of take like this style of song. And if you change the lyrical content, you could just kind of put a lot of these songs into any sort of like kid-friendly, you know, Disney musical 
type thing. Well, this does seem like a property that was designed with a potential Broadway run in mind. Um, mm. That was another uh, thought that I had. That's a good point. You know, there is what? there was the Wonka musical. Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, yeah. But, that, it's, but I it's like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory musical. I right? think. Yeah, it's not a prequel like <laughs> this one. Yeah, uh, but, Wonka blind spot right. for me. Well, because we, we talked last night a bit about the fact that... Um, this is sort of part of a trend of like movie musicals where the trailers don't advertise that it's a musical, but what like what sets this one apart from like Color Purple and Mean Girls is that um, like those were Broadway shows that were then turned it. Well, they were movies that were turned into Broadway shows that were then turned into musical movies. You're familiar with the musical, so even though the movie isn't advertised as a musical, if you know the musical, you know it's a musical. This one, you wouldn't have any way of knowing that it's a musical, mm. but I think the songs are like. I mean, they're they're not you know it's it's not gonna like go in my you know regular rotation or anything. I don't know. But, I might put one on a playlist. Well, yeah, there, there, <laughs> there were there were a few that I didn't really like. Eric, what did you have a favorite number? I think I liked the like the group numbers more than the sort of like solo oh, Wonka yeah, yeah, songs yeah, yeah, yeah. or the like emotional one. Like the yeah. the scene with him and Noodle, and you talked about like them dancing. And that's very cute. Um, and I think that that relationship is is really sweet. That might last night I talked about like finding a good bathroom break moment. That might be my bathroom yeah. break moment. Part yeah, of that I is because you, it's preceded by him milking a giraffe, which is just like not really not really my jam. I don't want to think about how the milk is made. Well, I actually did want to bring up your bathroom break, Eric, because this morning I saw a TikTok um, where a woman was talking about when to take a bathroom break during Wonka, and really? her recommendation was to go to the bathroom when you see them milking the giraffe. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to ask you if you had seen the video. I or... have not. I am not, I am not wow. on TikTok, so I did not see this, but it's, it's you know, what can I say? Great minds think alike, I suppose. Um, maybe we should uh, we should get this person on the pod as one of our oh, yeah. guests. Um, now, um, you left for you left at the at the giraffe scene, and then you came back, and then you left again. Which later um, I found out, you know, you were you were heading into the vom to take down your notes because it was easier to see over there, and you didn't want to disturb everyone with your phone. But um, you know what I said to Carlin when you left for the second time was, did he forget to finish peeing? <laughs> Nope, and I still haven't. Um, no, but w w what I was gonna say was, um, yeah, like the solo numbers—they're very—they're very sweet and they're very earnest. But as far as like the songs being indiscernible, I think those are kind of guiltiest of that. Like, I mean, especially there's one that's like a minute long that's just called "Sorry Noodle," where it's like Wonka saying "Sorry to Noodle." It's like if it's a minute long, probably didn't need to be a song. Like, there's no quota that you have to meet. Um, the group numbers, I think, are a lot of fun, and a lot of that comes down to, like, the choreography yeah. just as much of the songs. Like, Scrub Scrub oh, has Scrub. a lot of good sort of, like, moments of, like, synchronizing the music to the movements, um, which is, like, the kind of shit that I eat up in, like, movie trailers and whatever. But, it, you know, it's fun to see them, like, you know, the, it, the cuts are, like, timed to them, you know, like wiping off a towel or, you know, banging on these industrial, like, washing machines or whatever. You know, it's just mm -hmm. a fun number um you've got like a good variety of voices yeah um i also you know group number i, I really liked um world of your own yeah that one's that one's nice yeah, yeah. And I, th I think we talked a bit about it yesterday but yeah it's pretty it, it i think that's the song like maybe that's the song i'm gonna like hum to myself the most i think it's got yeah that's the one that i'm surprised you know these award shows doing their like original song nominees they've got like five or six slots most of these shows and there's like three songs from Barbie and then like they got the Mario song, they got whatever, but none of the songs from Wonka have been showing up so far. I don't know if they missed like some eligibility deadlines or whatever. And I like all those Barbie songs. Hold it up. Seems like let's spread them up a little bit. Hold up. Before we talk about uh, that, uh, chocolate fact, ding, 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 chocolate fact. 
Uh, guys, uh, chocolate cocoa was once has been used before as a form of currency, like it is in this movie, sort of. You know, you have your main sovereigns, which are the you know the main currency, but you know also you have the chocolate cartel bribing people. Chocolate fact over. Yes. So Eric, I I wanted to, um, you know. Eric and M, you guys are both people I've talked with, like, award shows about, you know, award shows, all politics, stupid, whatever. But, um, Eric, do you happen to know, like, what from this did or didn't get nominated? Uh, just Timmy. Just Like, Timmy. none of the songs got nominated. None which of I was, the songs. I, I, um, can't remember if I said it before the uh, arrival of the chocolate fact. World of Our Own is not my favorite song in the show, in the excuse me in the movie that would be either scrub scrub or sweet tooth which is like a great villain song some great choreo oh, yeah. again patterson joseph academy uh take notice take notice uh, but i think world of our own is the one that would like fit best as sort of you know representative of the movie and you nominated the oscars you get timothy chalamet to perform it on stage you get uh downton abbey's jim carter to like come out and ride around on a bicycle like he does during the song like this isn't hard. You want people to watch the Oscars. You tell them that Timothy Chalamet is going to perform at the Oscars. Like the song category, like whatever, who cares? Most of the nominees are just songs that play during the end credits anyway. So it doesn't really matter. If Timmy can show up at the Game Awards, he can he perform can show up at the as Oscars. Wonka yeah. The so I feel like Awards. you just got to pick songs that people want to see performances of. And I like all the Barbie songs, but I feel like we can we can make room for one sure. Wonka sure, song. Sure, sure. Right. And I feel like, you know, ki kids watching the Academy Awards, it's usually pretty boring because most of the films that have been nominated are not things that a kid Snoozers. can go to see. Um, but, you know, if you incorporate some walk in there, you know, it's a little something for the kids at home. It's a little something go. for the dreamers out there. I also wanted to ask you guys, do you think this movie, because we, we've joked about this before, do you think this movie is going to get nominated for Best uh, Makeup? specifically because um you are know you, are you uh are you, are you taking my uh my 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 bit about best makeup awards oh yeah so uh, how about you is, go ahead and this, this is uh, a theory that i've i've coined over the past couple years of observation um the academy loves to give the best makeup award to the movie that made a guy fat um, and this movie does make um, Keegan-Michael Key into a fat guy. And so um, I did actually write in my notes mm. um, that this will probably win the Academy Award oh, for good. hair and makeup styling. Okay. I I was honestly thinking about it more as a costumes contender. Oh, um, I hope. It better. And it I, it I is a strong it, costume. It genuinely contender. does deserve like a costumes nomination. And I think like, like that's the fun thing about the craft awards is sometimes you have a movie that's like kind of stupid or you know not very well executed overall but it is very um you know commendable in one specific area like just a random example because i, I rewatched this movie like a year and a half ago um the movie mirror mirror with julia roberts like the snow white movie it's a bad movie the costumes are awesome and it got nominated at the oscars for best costumes which is cool because i think like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater if there's a really good part in a bad movie and it it measures up to the, the work in that field in good movies then i say recognize it now this movie has the advantage of not even being a bad movie it's a pretty decent movie um and i think the costumes are a big part of that i hadn't thought about the makeup too much i think it could get nominated i don't really like i know like just jokes whatever we're just laughing about this I don't really like think that we should keep encouraging this trend. That though, is of, true. Like, let's, oh, that let's is give true. An Oscar. Sorry, please don't mistake that for encouragement. No, absolutely. I'm, I know you. I know that's not what you what you meant by it. But um, 
yeah, I could see it happening. Do I think it should happen? No. <laughs> Probably not. Not even in like a award prognosticator sense of like, oh, this doesn't deserve the Oscar for makeup. But more just so like we got to kind of curb it on the like fat guy punchline stuff. Yeah. Right. Now, can I talk about a bit of the production that I didn't love or I thought was a little. Oh, please do. Yeah, a little weak. Um, So and, you know, maybe I'm just a little too eagle eyed to get this, but. In the scene, and I was talking about this yesterday. I'm so obsessed with this scene when they're drowning in chocolate. Um, That's a dream way to go, by the way. It, it is. It's a very big dream. Um, but I thought the, visc- the viscosity of the chocolate was a little off. Hear me out. Like, you know, you're. I, I had no idea where you were going to go with this, but I did not think that it was there. Oh, yeah. Oh, he scratched that in reverse. Oh, it. oh, I did. I, I did. Um, no, like, so. You know, chocolate, you know, you put a spatula in chocolate, you're making a nice in a chocolate sauce, you know, it's on the spatula, it's a little thick, it's whatever. And, you know, of course, you can water down and they do. And this is, you know, this is the chocolate cartels vat. And it is specified that they do have watered down chocolate. But when it's like kind of up to their chins, up to their noses, like you can see that it's sticking to their chins and they're like, Willie, goodbye. It was great. No, you. you know, all that stuff. But later as the chocolate's drowning, it looks a little watery. Like you can see it like on their hair. It's like shiny and caked and it's like, okay, oh wow. Okay, you know, they've been in chocolate. But then like um, it cuts to another shot and cuts back and it's like, oh, it's just brown water now. And it's like, ew. And like when they come back out to the town square after they get out, it's like, Right, like you'd think the the coating of chocolate on them would be a little bit thicker, kind of like a strawberry that you yeah, dip in chocolate. Like I, it probably wasn't magic shell, and it doesn't have to be magic shell. It just needs to like come on. Where's the viscosity? It's important. Yeah, Paul King, uh, let us know. Hit our line. Maybe we'll have you on the show. Oh uh, yeah, we Paul. can kind of grill you about this stuff. No, no, Paul, we'll we'll give you some tips for the next one. Yeah, yeah, just like don't listen to the parts of the first episode where we were uh, more critical of the movie. Oh come on, no. Nah, I think we I think we've kind of um we've kind of come up on a lot of those things that we were more down on last time. Ding ding ding! Chocolate fact. <laughs> chocolate fact, uh, guys. Here's this one's crazy. Um, this was from a a Business Insider article from 2017. But uh, it was titled something like, is chocolate going extinct or something like that? Anyway, um, researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, I believe Berkeley, and the Mars Corporation, that's like, you know, for all you guys, that's Big Brother Chocolate right there. Um, They are, you know, looking into chocolate and they're researching the genome to potentially fix it or save it if it can't grow naturally. And I I don't know the exact reasons, but, you know, have they uh, have they looked into like using thunderclouds? They have. I hear that could be a good substitute. You say that, but they have talked about using CRISPR to preserve. And, you know, CRISPR, for those of you who don't know, is just your little gene editing tool that just you just put whatever you want in there. That sounds right. Right, guys. Uh, yeah, that's my understanding of CRISPR. I thought uh, CRISPR was the guy who played George McFly in Back to the Future, mm, so you know, this okay. is all news to me. News, okay. Anyway, chocolate fact over. So which of the chocolate confections do you think you would want to eat the most? Oh, gosh. You know, Eric and I were, t- I, uh, were talking about this yesterday. You know, I'm a chocolate lover. Eric's a chocolate hater. But, um, oh, boy. Um, man, let me think about that. Do you have anything in mind? Um, 
I would love to take a bite out of the um the the chocolate that replicates the night out on the town mm. because oh. I so um I live in the suburbs and it's <laughs> such a fucking hassle to get to the city and oh, have yeah. a night out on the town and it's kind of depressing to just go through a couple of drinks at home and you know you're not really spending any money that way so what's the point um but you know if you can just buy this handy dandy little chocolate that will take you through all of the stages like you know by the time you're passing out you're at home you're not on the road mm-hmm. um you know you've been through the highs and lows of a night out um you have the memories um yeah, so I feel like that uh, for me personally, that that that'd be the one I'd chop into. I agree. That's a, that's a great answer uh, to a great question, might I add, and and a funny scene in the movie as well. I think for me personally, I would like to take a little bite out of uh, Willy Wonka's mom's chocolate bar that yeah. we that see him opening at the end yeah. of the movie. I'd I'm- like to take a little bite out of Willy Wonka's Willy mom's chocolate Wonka bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude, Sally Hawkins. Oh my god. Yeah, Eric's- more like Sally Hopkins. Okay, oh. so she didn't like so she was on the boat, right, with baby Wonka and he asks her, "Mom, what's the secret to your chocolate?" And she's like, "Well, I'll tell you when you're older." And I'm like, "That doesn't seem wise. You know, this boat could capsize at any moment." What were um, what was she thinking? Right. Right. I let me let me circle back yeah. and we can go ahead and just like use the razor tool cut this part out drop it in with my uh, answer to the question then we can kind of proceed as usual i would want to take a bite out of her chocolate bar because uh i may not like chocolate but what i do love is a mother's love and that's what this chocolate is made with um so i would you know it it seems like the most emotionally pure chocolate in the movie and I thought that it was like a nice little capper to a sort of sweet, uh, sweet aspect of the movie. I think like the dead mom thing, you know, kind of can be a little feel a little played out if it's not done well. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get Sally Hawkins, three time Academy Award nominee Sally Hawkins to show up for three minutes, let her cook. Uh, and you know what? I didn't, I didn't maybe maybe I got a little misty. I don't know. Um, you can't tell it was dark. So, you know, who's to say? Um, I'll deny it if you, uh, you know, say that I did. But um, yeah, I would want to try Willie Mom's Will- <laughs> <laughs> Willie Momka's <laughs> chocolate, um, even though it is probably like 15 years old at this point. Um, well, it's it probably you know whiskey yeah. is better when right. it's older, right? Yeah, so and it chocolate. wouldn't make a difference to me because I don't really know what chocolate tastes like anyway, so I wouldn't even know a thing. So I wrote down the ingredients from the Night Out on the Town chocolate, just in case you wanted to turn this into your Willy Wonka drinking challenge. Oh, good. Um, It's champagne followed by white wine, followed by red wine, followed by whiskey, followed by port. Um, So I don't know how... That's five drinks, and it's only... It's less than two hours, so I don't know... And you eat that all in one bite. Yeah. um, But, you know... Oh, sorry. Throughout the movie. My bad. (laughs) Right. Um... No, so I, I I don't know how you guys are um, I'm thinking of incorporating substances into mm. this podcast, mm. but um, you know, just a little food for thought, maybe uh, maybe you flask. follow along there. A little uh, a little drink for thought. Right, 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 right. right. Um, uh, no, I was gonna. Uh, yeah, Eric, that's very beautiful. But yeah, I wrote I wrote <laughs> down uh, as as one does the ass piece of chocolate. <laughs> it's been in his pocket. He's been he's been in the sea for like seven years, and. Um, it's in that like dirty old foil. I mean, he's kept it, kept it pretty pristine, but I, I don't know, man. You know that's true. 
chocolate does after a while have this weird dust on it and I've never known what it was as a kid I was afraid maybe it was mold and it was gonna poison me didn't stop me (laughs) just gave me a little bit of anxiety um so maybe you know maybe our our chocolate researchers can look into that fact and report back later Uh, I, I I have a different question about the chocolate um uh as opposed to like whether or not it's expired. Um, so his mom wrote Wonka on the like wrapping for the chocolate bar. Do we think he knows that that's what's written on there? Because as we've established, oh, he doesn't know how to read for most famously. of his movie. So when he's looking at that bar, do you think he knows that it's his last name on there? Or is he just like, ah, it's all Greek to me? I think he thinks it's a fun doodle. It's yeah. runes. Runes, so, yeah. So, Carlin, um, Willy Wonka can't read in this movie. Did you feel like that was good representation <laughs> for you? <laughs> Very much so. Uh, this is another, you know, th- this is one of the reasons that Paul King came up to me. Other than, you know, my stellar performance in the eighth grade. But Paul King was like, Carlin, you know the part. You yourself are illiterate. Um, I think this would be a great take on the the, the dubmeister for you. Um, I actually thought that that recurring bit was very funny. Oh, I always thought it was funny whenever yes. they referenced the fact that he can't read. I'm, do you guys think that that bit was at all inspired by the the meme of Leah Michelle not being able to read? <laughs> um, Leah Michelle is sort of like the Willy Wonka of her generation, right, like right. a beautiful singer, but just constantly tormenting teenagers. <laughs> well, unlike Leah Michelle, Willy Wonka um, sees a, a young woman of color and decides to uplift her yes. and not bully her <laughs> yes. off of his production. This is um this is a good segue. Oh, something yeah? I wanted to talk about. You Please. know, we've been saying the name Noodle a lot, and why wouldn't we? It's a funny name. Um, we have not really talked about the performance at all. Calla Lane is the actress's name. It's her second movie. She's sort of like the, the second lead of this movie. You got like Timothy Chalamet, you know, one of the most famous actors in the world. Um, and then right after that on the call sheet is somebody who, you know, more or less first leading role in a movie. It's kind of a tall order. But uh, what do you guys think of her performance? I thought she had a lovely singing voice. Oh, um, yeah. I thought her, her vocal performance was very strong. I concur. I, you know, I mean, and this is more narrative than the performance, but like, I didn't love like her arc, you know, it was like a little predictable. It's like, I, I mean, I first thought like, oh, she's going to be like, um, it, it's predictable that an orphan would want to be reunited with her mother. <laughs> I mean, I saw that coming from no, a mile away. I mean, yeah, no, but uh, she's I, got orphan syndrome. Am I right, guys? Orphan syndrome. Um, yeah, like Slugworth. I, I mean, I thought she was going to be Slugworth's daughter, but no, she's Slugworth's niece. Um, I guess it wasn't that predictable then. If no, you, uh, uh, if I, if I got yes, it wrong. Uh, R.I.P. to her dad, Skibbity Slugworth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, rest in peace. You will be missed. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I thought she was, you know, it was like a very cute, winning sort mm-hmm, of kid yeah, performance. Exactly. I think they mostly stayed away from like the kind of precocious kid trap that you can fall into. Mm-hmm. There, there's a whole thing, and I get this is more the narrative, but, you know, um, there's this whole thing that she's obsessed with books and I notice it this time like oh she's reading or oh Olivia Coleman's like I'll never be a year up in those books again um some good uh good voice work thank good you Olivia thank Coleman. you uh <laughs> but um I don't know like it, that's not like totally relatable to you as an illiterate person <laughs> Yeah. Get his ass. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I didn't like see that. Um. Or I mean, I saw it, but like I didn't think it was you know that striking. And it's like, oh okay, librarian mom. Maybe if she was like reading a movie or something yeah. instead, <laughs> yeah. you would have been more into it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Well, I think um, my analysis of her, like her bookworm nature, is that it is a common trope in children's media to have like a, a young female character who has to escape from her immediate uh, surroundings via books. Like, you know, you see that in Matilda, you see that in Beauty and the Beast. Um, so this is kind of like an established literature tradition that I think the movie is kind of reflecting back on. Do you guys want to talk about Hugh Grant? Oh boy, do I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, Eric, you you get some things. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up some quotes. I wrote down my favorite. Um, are we gonna call him Lofty? Is that is that what? Sure. We don't wanna we don't wanna reveal the twist of what his real name actually right. is. So he's he's called Lofty for most of the movie. So um, I wrote down my favorite Lofty line, um, where he's like, "Oompa Loompas, do not negotiate." <laughs> um, you know. I, I, I wrote down. In my notes, Oompa Loompas do not negotiate with terrorists. That is so fucking funny because I also wrote that down in my notes. Um, <laughs> it would have been a better lawn. <laughs> yeah, it's already it a great lawn, but that would have been a better lawn. <laughs> but anyway, you, you had some more lofty lines? Uh, no, that was the only one I had. Okay. Well, it's it's a good one. Thank you. There's been a lot of press with Hugh Grant, and I imagine these are the uh, aforementioned quotes that Carlin I'm is pulling up. There's, there's a lot of press uh about hugh grant sort of being over this movie or saying that he didn't have a good time making it and this is like a common hugh grant thing like mm -hmm. he likes to dig on movies that he's been in you know first he'd trash talk a movie from the 90s 25 years later then he would trash talk his glass onion cameo like, three months after the movie came out uh now he's trash talking the movie before it even comes mm. out pretty soon we're going to have multiple simultaneous hugh grant trash talkings and then i don't know what's going to happen there will be a singularity or something and i know some people are sort of like okay i'm over hugh grant being over it like don't you know don't be such a prick it's not charming anymore like you're an actor you're very lucky whatever blah 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 I think it's still pretty funny. It is kind of funny. It is really oh. funny when he's like, yeah, I have very many children. I needed to do this movie. <laughs> it also, you know, thank you, Hugh, because it really helps, like, the publicity of this right. this podcast. Right. Because if, oh, the people made it hated it, you know, it's probably pretty bad, right? So, you know, let's watch people suffer. Right. And, I mean, uh, yes, I'm sure, like, the mocap experience is sort of uncomfortable, like, being in the suit with all the balls on it and everything. Um, so he I'm called sure it a, a crown of thorns. Yes, a crown of thorns. Uh, I'm sure there is like truth to what he's saying, but also like he was in Paddington Two, which Paul King directed. You know, I'm sure he did this movie because he likes working with Paul King. I'm sure like Paul King is in on this bit with him. I don't think he's opening the papers and going like, "Oh my word, Hugh Grant said what?" <laughs> I also think it works really well for this particular character, who is not just Hugh Grant playing an Oompa Loompa. It's what if and Oompa Loompa was literally Hugh Grant because oh, his yeah. character is also very over it for the entire oh, movie. Yeah. Literally, like, it's not his last scene in the movie because he shows back up at the very end, but sort of what you think is going to be his last scene in the movie when it's, like, this big climactic moment um, where the heroes are thanking him for coming in to help them save the day, and he literally just, like, gives this half-hearted wave and then turns around and walks away. I think that might have just been them filming Hugh Grant as he left the studio to go out to the parking <laughs> lot. Like, it, it looks like that meme where it's like, you know, uh, how your drunk friend looks when he says he's okay to drive. You're like, he just gives a little wave um, and then he walks away. Like, he does, the character does not want to be there any more than Hugh Grant does. Yeah, I uh, I liked the end. You know, it's got the, the, the pure imagination because Timmy's like, come over here. And, well, at first he's like, 
he's like, oh, so long, Trump. I'll see you around. Oh, have fun with your factory. But Wonka's like, I need a chocolate taster. And he's like, oh, a chocolate taster, you say? Um, and then they do the, you know, the come with me. Wow. And you'll be, huh? In a world. Oh, oh, good heavens. You know, and he's talking between every verse. And mm-hmm. I thought that was silly. And this this sort of, um, you know, scene where where Wonka hires Lofty as his head of his tasting department. This is sort of a retcon of the original movie. Uh, because in the original movie, uh, the Oompa Loompas are his slaves, mm-hmm. but here he's promoting them to middle management. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. sort of a little yeah. discrepancy between movies, kind of uh, Paul King catering to the woke mob in oh. a way. Yeah, speaking oh. of the woke mob, I did notice when they poisoned the chocolates, they gave that guy blue hair and pronouns. <laughs> oh. Yeah, what's that about? Oh my gosh. Um, well, um, you know, looking at our time, I just want to ask. Um, so, you know, Eric and I, we've got a few more runs of this to go. But M, would you see Wonka again? I would see Wonka again if substances were involved. Okay. Um, I don't think I would do another dry run at Wonka for a little bit. Well, Eric, do you have any final thoughts about Wonka today, your second viewing? Or um, what are you looking forward to in your next upcoming viewing? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing when the madness starts to set in. I think a, a, a feeling felt by both of us today was that some of the things that we didn't love as much about the movie the first time, we actually enjoyed a bit more today. I was kind of worried if like the pacing would start to feel like it was dragging a bit, you know, because we'd seen it twice within 24 hours. Um, you know, but it seems like we're more positive on it on this run. Um, I'm starting to wonder when, uh, you know, the apple's going to lose its shine, you know, when we're going to start to feel, um, maybe it'll come full circle and we'll just, um, go back to hating it horribly. Well, we didn't hate it the first time, but maybe, maybe it would have been maybe better for the content if we did, um, we would have been able to do more, you know, bits at its expense, but who knows? We might get there by day seven. Maybe, um, M, do you have any like, uh, final thoughts or impressions of Wonka you'd like to say? Um, impressions like doing like voices oh yeah oh, I don't well I don't really do that um good heavens <laughs> good good heavens um no I um I liked the movie I thought it was uh exactly what it attempted to be I think it was the best version of what it attempted to be yes um I think that it were it me personally I would have steered the production um, maybe a little bit darker. I've, I've said before, um, I think my ideal casting of Willy Wonka would have been John Mulaney. Like, I just think <laughs> that he brings uh, kind of a similar darkness to his performances that um, that Gene Wilder did and that Depp did, um, which I know I know now that, that the Depp film is not part of the same canon, mm. but... Um, so quiet up and listen down. <laughs> so, but, you know, I actually... You can cut that. <laughs> I haven't. Nah. I've only seen the Wilder film once. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen the Depp film a lot because it used to be on Disney a lot when I was mm. a kid. So that's the version I'm the most familiar with. Um, but no, um, I you know I I took my younger sisters to see it. They both uh, seemed to enjoy it. Um, I wasn't bored, and I thought that the film didn't overstay its welcome. All in all, you know I've had worse days at the movies. So yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming, and thank you for contributing um, a lovely drinking game suggestion for the future of this pod. Um, 
Now, Em, uh, is there anywhere you'd love to tell our wonderful listeners and not viewers, audio viewers, where we can find you? Yeah, so um, thank you for viewing with your ears. Um, You can find me. um, I skate for Northern Virginia Roller Derby. Um, I skate for the Metro Misfits and potentially in the new year, the Solar Sirens. Um, My derby name is Dolly Spartan, and you can find me on Instagram at at Miss Dolly Spartan. Um, that's probably the project I'm the most proud of right now. Um, so if you want to look for more M content, uh, that's where you can find me. Well, great. Um, it's so glad to have a guest. We'll hopefully have many more on. And just remember, um, it's not about the chocolate you eat. It's about who you share it with. Aw. And I'm glad that I shared it with both of you today. Hearts. Hearts. This has been My, my week, week with, with Wonka. Wonka. Willy Wonka.